I'm Derek Gordon, and it is That Midnight Hustle. Thanks for coming back. You know, we're still waiting on sponsors around here. I haven't gotten any checks, so if they're out there, send it to me another way. I, I, I need that money make things boosting up over here for me, make me look pretty. As you can see, the water still doesn't have a label on it. There's a reason for that. But forget that. Right now, I got my brother from another mother in the house. Back from L.A., the one and the only Tommy Jirasi. What's going on, my guy? Hello, how are you? Yeah, back from LA and not happy about it. <laughs> not ha well, yeah, I mean, dude, that's your that's your home away from home, or hopefully soon to be your new home. But dude, how long had you been away from from LA? I mean, it, it had been a while. It was a year and three months. Not that I was counting, but it was no, a year not and three at all. <laughs> dude, a year and three months that can do some psychological damage. And, and, and trust me, there's a lot of people out there suffering from the pandemic. And the fact that this held you back from doing the things that you love the most, seeing the people that you love the most, and, and just being in that atmosphere of being a creative person in a place that, except, I mean, you were from New York, but for some reason, I feel like, I don't know, New York's kind of changed its ways these days, but LA still always embraces those with creative dreams. What was it like to, to be back for the first time in over a year? I couldn't wait to get back. And then when I got off the plane, I was just like, this is this is it. I'm back. That's all. And I even noticed that even, I was doing other stuff because I speak on Clubhouse a couple of days a week on certain mm -hmm. topic, topics. And even the people on Clubhouse were like, my God, you're on fire this week. And I was like, because I'm in LA. Like when I'm connected <laughs> to all this, I can't help but be on fire. So it was cool. I felt way more creative and way more um, open about things. Good, good. I'm glad. And by the way, happy Pride Month, man. You know, I'm, I'm so glad so much going on out there. And I mean, obviously, there's, there's still a lot to be accomplished out there, but I'm glad that we got this month to celebrate um, everybody and equality and stuff like that. And you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm just an asshole at heart. So for me, I like to laugh in the face of adversity because if not, then the ignorance wins. But I'm glad that we have this month here and I'm glad you're out there doing your thing and, and, and being with your people and the people who make you feel whole again. And, and with that said, you recently made some changes to yourself. I mean, I, I noticed that you dropped Tico and, and you've kind of changed up your podcast now to Prelude for Positivity. Tell me about the reason of, of having Tico as an alias, but then the reason why you want to drop it. The alias thing was because I was always really shy when I was younger and mm -hmm. I just felt like I needed to break out of that. But in order to break out of it, I wanted it to be a different character kind of. But okay. along that journey, I found out that that was really me. So I never changed it. And then recently I was like, you know what? I want to take my, my own name back as my brand because that Tico and Tommy is the same person, right? So all of that is one thing. And my name carries some weight and everyone knew me as Tommy Drossi anyway. I mean, they knew who I was. It wasn't like mm -hmm. people wondering who this person was behind the Tico thing. Um, so I just felt like it was a statement that I could make and say, you know what, this is me completely and, and just like 100%. Everything you see is me. And so just merge it together and use my own name. And I think there's power in your own name too. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, you, we spoke a little bit before we started recording about how I felt about my involvement in the pro wrestling industry and wherever I go, like, hey, die hard, die hard. I'm like, I need to wipe that off. There's other things that I'm capable of. There's other things that I'm passionate about. And when you label me with that that diehard name, it's the wrestling guy. And I feel like there's so much more. I want to go by my regular name. And it's it's like any entertainer. I see I see a lot of comedians out there who go by some gimmick name and then they end up in the movies. They're like, oh, I should probably use my government name instead. It's easier to put on a poster. Um, but I'm I'm glad that that you feel better in your own skin. That that you are Tommy Jirasi now. But now tell me about um Prelude to Positive. You've been doing a lot of interviews out there with a lot of celebrities from from TV land out there, which I, I honestly I don't know a lot of the guys that, that you've been interviewing because I have a bad to me. Television is a bad relationship. Um, there's been a lot of shows that I try to get involved in and they pulled the, the carpet from under me. I'm like, yo, dude, like I, I have no closure with this story. But <laughs> for you, TV is TV. I, I prefer two hours, three hours in and out with a movie. You're in TV. But tell me about Prelude to Positivity. And, and, and how you've, uh, you know, brought all those celebrities and your contacts in, into that game. Well, during the pandemic, it became more obvious that we needed to kind of just concentrate on positive stuff instead of mm -hmm. gossip. A lot of people were doing the gossip thing or doing, um, I was like filler, you know, when you have like filler, you right. bring people on, it's just filler and you're not really getting anywhere. So I started bringing them on to talk about how they would remain positive because I felt like people really needed to find the positive. But then I started getting really deep into mental health. So... I now I have like a little mental health spin on every episode because I notice everybody has a mental health story. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter 
who you are, how put together you are, or you appear to be, there's some, either you have a story or you have a family member, you are somehow related to mental health and a crisis somewhere in your lineage, right? Mm -hmm. So now I brought that in. And then again, when Clubhouse started talking about mental health, like three, four, five days a week. So it became a really big thing. And I started meeting people there who were actors, actresses, singers, um, average people who just did normal jobs too, not not like the in the limelight, but mm -hmm. everybody had a story of mental health. So I started bringing people on and, and sprinkling them in between. So if I have entertainers, I also bring in an accountant or something like that who has a story about mental health too, because it's important to know that every one of us has a story and has a struggle and it's not, it's not something that's weird or it's not something that's um, rare and we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it because the more we talk about it and the more vulnerable we get when it comes to mental health, the more we have power. So that's what I learned over the pandemic at least. You, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you say that because I was just having a conversation a day or two ago with somebody. Um, and, and when you bring a mental health, Everybody feels like it's a dirty word. Like, no, I don't have a disability. I wasn't born like that. I don't need meds. I don't. And I'm like, listen, man, everybody, like you just said, everybody has mental health issues because everybody's gone through trauma in their life. That trauma chases them and haunts them. Okay. Look, I suffer from depression. I deal with it different than other people do. You know, I may not be doing what I want to do right now in my life, but I still find a way. There's times where I struggle. Am I a good enough husband? Am I a good enough father to my children? And those things weigh down heavy and people with their everyday struggles, especially during a pandemic, whether it's financial, whether it's within relationships, everything there deals with your mental health and, and your ability to keep, stay strong, not break down and, and give in to those demons. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up. And I'm glad that you're a huge advocate for that um, because a lot of, like we said, a lot of people out there feel that mental health is a dirty word but you're making it known that it's, it's okay for everybody. You just need to communicate and to let things off your, off your chest. Yeah, and, be, and let yourself get into that vulnerable space because that's where all the healing is. If you don't mm -hmm. get to the vulnerable part, you're never gonna get to the healing, ever. There's no way to get to the healing without being vulnerable first, so. Right, right. Now you said you're doing a lot on Clubhouse. So this is a thing that, that I see where it was like invite only in the beginning. I don't know how it's working now, but a lot of people are jumping on there to network, just to have an open forum of discussion, to, to, to rally the troops, so to speak. Tell me about a little bit about your experience and, and, and what you're doing on Clubhouse and, and the kind of people you're trying to attract. Yeah, I well, I definitely have to say that it's it's died down a little bit since the pandemic and things are starting to open up, uh, which I'm happy about because like a lot of people are saying, oh, there's nobody on Clubhouse anymore. And I'm thinking, that's a good thing because that means they're going out into the world and they're living right. in real life, you know, even um, TikTok. I was, I've been on TikTok. So I do like, I go live there a couple of times a week or maybe every day sometimes, okay. but I even notice on there, it's starting to die out. So the creators on TikTok are starting to say, well, I'm not getting as much engagement anymore. And I'm like, that's a good thing though, guys. Like you want to see these people go into real life again because they can't sit in front of their phone the whole time, looking at mm -hmm. you and listening to you as much as you think you're great and talking for hours on end and they're listening to you they also need to live. So um, that's what I'm doing with Clubhouse. I, I'm trying to, trying to limit my time on there, but do important things. So three days a week, I do um, men's mental health room for an hour okay. with guys from an app called Tether, which is made for men, people that identify as male, but it's the room is for everybody. So men and women come in to talk about it. Mm. That's three days a week. Then influencers on mental health is, we used to do it seven days a week. Now we're doing it two days a week because- okay. We noticed that there's our own mental health was suffering from seven days a week, two hours a day, seven days a week was a lot to be talking about mental health. So they cut it back to five, then they cut it back to two. And now that things are opening up, it's more evident that we can only really do two days right. a week. Um, then there's a pop culture room that I do with a group for 30 minutes every Monday through Friday, which is fun. That's just like pop culture. Um, we just talk about whatever stories like we've been discussing Britney Spears. We've yeah. been discussing Meghan Markle when she was in the, yeah. When Britney, Markle, baby. <laughs> please. And then, um, you know, anything that's coming up during the day, we share articles with each other in a private chat. And then we go on air for 30 minutes on Clubhouse. And sometimes it lasts for an hour, but it's usually 30 minutes. And we just discuss like what's up in, in politics that relates to um, entertainment and entertainment. We had a lot of discussions about Chrissy Teigen and her bullying that that young girl and her, you know, her mouth runs away with her and she she does things that you're like, you know, Chrissy, you need to just back away from the Twitter for like a year. <laughs> it's funny that that you bring certain some of these things up because these are some of the things that, as I mentioned earlier, um, before before we started recording, there's certain topics I want to discuss with you because you're so 
tuned in that um, you're probably the only person that can really go to to get a legitimate and a genuine answer from because you're in the business, but you also have a critical thought process uh, with, with all the shit that's going around out there. And you bring up Chrissy Teigen, which is on my list, you know, her little uh, spat that I guess she's going on with, with Michael Costello. Where do you stand on? I Obviously, nobody wants to be bullied. Obviously, there's you know, trolls and such on social media. And, and it could be the root of all evil. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I don't know what Chrissy Teigen said. I know that there had been some back and forth saying, no, she took it out of context or those were phony posts or text messages. But I mean, at, at what point can do people have to say, I really can't express how I truly feel without maybe stepping on somebody's feelings. I mean, and I guess because Chrissy Teigen's in the spotlight with millions of followers and same thing with, with Michael Costello, what do you think these celebrities should be doing to be, either be better role models or should they just be living their life like, like a normal human being? Well, I think sometimes not saying anything at all is the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. And with Chrissy, she had a few incidences where she bullied people and her favorite thing to do is to tell people to go kill themselves. And oh, I didn't do that's that not no, that's, yeah, that's it. Not and the thing I, I have a problem with that is that you have no idea, no matter how horrible somebody mm -hmm. is acting or however much you disagree with them, yeah, you don't yeah. know where their head is. So back to mental health again. So right. I could be on the edge of, you know, today I could be on my edge and you can turn around and send me a, a message, which she's done to people and said, you, you're ugly, you're fat, you should go kill yourself. Is so that now, bad? Yeah. And then, so then when she says stuff like that, now you don't know if that person's going to take that and go, you know what, I'm going to kill myself tonight, you know? So you would then be responsible for someone's death and you don't even know. So oh, of course. There's certain things you should never say, like telling somebody to kill themselves or some, telling somebody to die. Those are not things that are even in normal people's, shouldn't be in normal people's vocabulary or in your normal day-to-day -day life to say to people. So because she goes there so quickly, I yeah. think she goes for some kind of therapy mm -hmm. or um, figure out what her, issue is herself because i me telling you to to go kill yourself i have to, i must have an issue there's no way yeah man and then the michael costello thing i don't know if he jumped in on this bandwagon though because he saw an opportunity where he could jump in and say i'm a victim too and mm -hmm. the people pay attention to me right so i i don't know if i 100 percent believe his thing or he's maybe exaggerating it a little bit because he knows she's an easy target now mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. once you believe somebody like that once you do something wrong you're going to always, people will always believe that you'll do it again right so yeah yeah. He can say whatever he wants at this point. I felt bad if she really did anything to him, but um, also in his case, there were situations where they said that the uh, the photos that he had, when he copied her tweets, the picture she was using was a picture mm -hmm. she hadn't used until much later than the date he said she said it. Okay. So it, it wouldn't have shown up like that. Like, it would have been a different... Yeah. So there I, I didn't realize the things that she was saying was so bad and so blatant out there. Like, I mean, like, like we said, you're a celebrity, you're in the public eye. You should be an advocate for people to be treated better and equally. And like, you know, look, I've been blocked on Twitter by celebrities because I critiqued a performance or I was like, oh, man, what happened to this show? The show's not any good anymore. How much are they paying you to stay on this show? They're like, oh, block you, motherfucker. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But I would never cross that threshold of like, oh, you're fat, you're ugly, you need to go kill yourself today. That is beyond the realm of, of acceptance. Like that's that's right off the bat. She needs to be canceled. Yeah, and she seems to come up with that too quickly. Oh. I, I had a problem too, and during, even, even though people didn't like Donald Trump, mm -hmm. I did have a problem with a lot of celebrities lowering themselves to his level. If, if they were saying that he was so horrible, they would actually, they became trolls to him, mm -hmm. which I don't, I don't, I think I can use my time much more um, efficiently and much more productively by not being a troll, you know, so charged. <laughs> even though I hate, if I hate what you're doing or I hate what you stand for, I don't think trolling you is going to be my thing. I'll just go and support somebody who is the opposite of what you are or is doing good in the world. And I'll just, oh. I'll loan my voice to that cause because that it defeats the thing that you're fighting against better than you becoming the thing you're fighting against. So I feel like a lot of people became the thing they were fight they were saying they were fighting against, and it got really out of hand. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And listen, like I said, guilty as charged because I hate that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> just, but at the same time, I see him hurting people that I love. I see him hurting people in jail. I see him destroying democracy and unraveling this country and literally pitting the citizens of, of this country against each other right. based on lies and propaganda. And I'm like, well, you know, if I say that I was going to do something to the president, 
FBI would be knocking on my door to, to you know, in, in 35 minutes. So I'm just like, you know, you're talking shit. I'm gonna talk shit right back to you because if yeah. I, I know he's not reading my tweet, but I feel better about it because he's such a piece of shit. Yeah, but, but that's, uh, I think put your energy into something that's positive yeah. <laughs> and that'll, that'll counteract him, you know, just counteract uh -huh. his counteract any negative with a positive. And I think that's just a better way to go. And also you don't make yourself look bad because lowering yourself to anybody else's, you're lowering yourself for someone else, even if you're right, it doesn't make you look good in, in other people's yeah. eyes. So then people look at you like, oh yeah, you went there. Okay. Like even I Kathy Griffin with the head. I don't agree with Kathy Griffin and holding the head because again, you don't want to show someone's death. You don't want to show, that's a little extreme. He had, he has little kids like that, you know, it's not. Yeah. He could have done it in a, in a way that was more uh, productive and didn't make her look like she was going there. Because it looked a little bit like she was looking for controversy. Yeah. I, for another I, reason other than being against him. But did she deserve to be canceled at the time? Mm -mm. I don't think, see, that's the thing. You're, now you're counteracting what she did with the canceling thing. So now, now we're just as bad as that person. You're always lowering yourself to the person's level. So if I'm saying she's bad, but I'm canceling her now, aren't mm -hmm. I just as bad as she is now? So. We can find a better way to do that. So th th this, put, this puts you in a very unique position. Here you are, a proud gay man in a culture where social media and technology are dominant in the world right now. I mean, the world has rolled over. I'm an old man. I got to tell, ask my kids, how do you work this shit over here? But you are so still tuned in, but yet you have the age and experience of Generation X. And, and, and so you're a perfect blend of the two. Where do you stand on cancel culture and, and, and woke culture? I think everyone who claims to be woke is not exactly woke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 and therefore you can never become the, you can't become a mob. Once you mm -hmm. become a mob yeah. and it's mob mentality and we're just like, oh, we're just gonna cancel that person. Yeah, well, we're gonna cancel that person, no problem. Somebody in that mob has to have enough individuality and enough head to say, wait a minute, maybe we're not going about this the right way. Like we're destroying someone's life and career. Maybe it's better to have them seek some kind of help. Like in Chrissy Teigen's case, she really probably has something going on with her. I, mean, I don't yeah. think it's just, she's not just doing it because she's mean. There's, there's probably some trauma that she suffered too, or, and it's been going on for a long time. So it was before she had the miscarriage. So you can't blame mm -hmm. it on that. But I think all of these things together mean she's crying out for help too by doing that. So I think her getting help would benefit her, benefit the people that she's, targeting and i think it's just more intelligent to think that way than saying oh just cancel her and she'll go away you know it, it's it's woke culture and cancel culture two completely different things at least from my perspective i mean woke culture to me is hey man wake the hell up and realize this is the way things should be this is let's talk about these issues let's bring it out there because for so long it, it's 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 just been hidden away and it was it was taboo to speak about it. So now I'm awake and, and I can discuss these conversations intelligently. And I'm not here to convert anybody, but to literally let's have these conversations that nobody has had for decades. Um, on the flip side, though, cancel culture is a little more aggressive, in my opinion, because like you said, you are taking people's lives and their livelihood and their jobs. There are people who deserve it. A Harvey Weinstein, a Bill Cosby. Oh. Cancel those fuckers out immediately. People who hurt other people. But when you start trying to cancel out, let's say a Kevin Hart, for example, Kevin Hart had released a statement. They, they were asking about cancel culture um, about a week or two ago. He said, when do we get to a point where life was supposed to be perfect, where people were supposed to be to operate perfectly all the time? And I 100 percent agree with that, because to me, life is pain management. Life is, 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 is about making mistakes so you can learn from the mistakes and teach others. If everything were perfect, then there's no learning opportunity. And now you're forcing me to become something that I'm genuinely not. You're forcing me to, to put on this facade. You'll never get the genuine me because now I'm walking on eggshells, making sure that I don't say the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time in the wrong place. It's way too much. Just let people be people. But where do you stand on this? Like I said, you've got the experience of age, but you are tuned in to what the culture and the change is now. Well, somewhere along the way, I think we forgot to practice grace with people mm. because we don't give anybody grace anymore. It's like you're either you're right or you're wrong and there's nothing in between. But I think if we started practicing grace a little bit more, we would understand the person a little better and the person would understand us a little better. Because if I'm lecturing at you all the time, you're not hearing anything I'm saying. Mm. I'm lecturing you and you're just like shutting it out. It's going to matter you're going to shut it out because no one wants to be lectured to all the time. So there has to be a little bit of grace given and know that you're not perfect either. So you've probably misstepped. 
along the way, even though you're, you're going to lecture somebody about this topic, you've misstepped on another topic. So maybe you use the wrong pronouns with somebody one day, right? So do you want the person who's using they, them to scream at you and lecture you about that and call you horrible names because you can't get that right? No, they need to practice grace with you too. And they usually do. They, they are going to educate you as many times as they need to educate you until you understand it. So I think that has to be employed with everything we do is just a little bit of grace, like a spoonful of grace when you're doing something with somebody. And I think that would help you not be so judgmental and not come off so hot-headed and not come off so um, so standoffish sometimes and, and not be shut out because I'm going to shut you out if you're lecturing at me. That's mm -hmm. just not, I don't want to hear yeah, it. Even if you're given a good message. I mean, here's one I want to bring up with you. And, and this one I don't know, man. It, it rubbed me the wrong way, and I lost a lot of respect for this artist when it happened. Um, I'm talking about Demi Lovato. And I love Demi Lovato's music. I think she's a phenomenal entertainer. I think she's, she's a very talented artist. Um, but when she made the comments of being non-binary, now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for everybody's happiness. I'm all for everybody's equality. Um, those are the two, two things that, that, that everybody search, searches for throughout life and most don't achieve. It's such a difficult goal to attain. And when somebody like, let's say, Ellen Page is transitioning to Elliot Page, I'm all there for that support. You feel like you know, you're know you a woman, but you feel like there's a man trapped in that body, you're coming out, you wanna be called he, I'm there with you, I support you. But when you start telling me that I don't identify as he, I don't identify as she, I identify as, I'm like, you're like yo, time out, there's two options. <laughs> Pick one. We're creating too many labels today. We're giving Gen Y, Gen Z, these millennials, we're giving them way too much rope to rewrite the rules. And the non-binary thing, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not feeling that one at all, but you are somebody who I, whose, whose opinion I respect and I'd like to hear your perspective on it. Well, I understand them because I think that they truly don't identify as either. Mm -hmm. And they're more open. And it's not about sexuality because a lot of people think it's about sex, like that they want to sleep with women and men and that's not really what it is we have sexuality mm -hmm. and we have gender identity and then there's who you sleep with and who you <laughs> who you right, decide you go to bed with right so all those are different things so if if demi really feels that she doesn't and that they because now they if they don't feel like they identify as a man or a woman i think they have the right to say that and we have to practice grace again and try to get it right we're gonna mess it up and i'm not sure that people are going to call the wrong pronoun and hopefully they don't get angry at them and they are also practicing grace and saying i'm sorry but i identify as they and as many times as they have to say it then we'll get it right but i think knowing uh, the first person i knew that did that was nico tortorella from the show younger okay knowing him so well as i did because i interviewed him multiple times and i've hung out with him uh with him, them is he's a day also so um and you still get it wrong. Like you're, you're good friends with the person, but you, I'll still get it wrong because I see a male figure in front of me. So it happens. Right. And they are not ever quick to jump down anybody's throat. They will just correct you. And mm -hmm. they wrote a book about it too. So that to educate people. And that I think was very, very helpful. But you just have to remember, especially when I interview them, I have to remember that it's they, them. And then after you do the interview, you have to remember when you're posting it to Twitter, that it's they, them too. Because you can't then say, I think when Demi came out too, the article itself said, Demi Lovato says that she no longer identifies as female. She identifies as, and I was like, now you're using she in it. Right there, you're wrong because you're telling us that they want to be called they, but now you're saying she. So what the hell are you doing? At least proofread that and say. <laughs> doing that, you're setting us up for failure. So again, if, if I saw somebody who's transgender, okay, there's a place that um, in Ybor City here in Tampa, uh, I'm not even sure if they're in business right now, but it was called Hamburger Mary's. It was a drag queen bar. They go up, they the best burgers I ever had. They I go up, they, they do shows. It was a phenomenal place, right? This is the lifestyle they chose. I'm not going to say, hey, him or he, whatever. Call you her. That's what you, you feel comfortable in that skin. I'm going to call you her. But if now you're non-binary, I can't call you Mr. I can't call you ma'am. I can't call you him. I can't. Now you put me in a spot where whatever I say it comes out of my mouth, I'm fucked. I, I'm just yeah, like, well, that's not my bad. I didn't know what was I supposed to do. But that's why I say that we have to practice grace all around because if I'm if I told you that I'm non-binary now, I'm going to expect you to make mistakes. So I will correct you politely and mm. you'll be <laughs> great. You know, yeah, as, as many times it's like going to school. How did we learn how to add? How did we learn how to mm -hmm. our pronouns in the first place or our adverbs when we were in English? We were we did it, we were corrected, the teacher corrected us, 
nicely. And that's how we learn. So we have to learn again. It's just, it's going to take a lot of time for us to all learn this, but we have to learn it because it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about the per it's about them, whatever they are feeling inside themselves. And it's for their own health and mental health and safety too, that they get to identify themselves as what they want and they can just express themselves as they want. So I also say like parents, especially if your child came to you and said that they feel this way, then you're going to do everything you can to make your kid feel good, right? So do we have to, that's why I say grace, because if I meet this person and they're telling me this about themselves and they really truly feel this in their heart and their soul and their body um, and their spirit and whatever else they can feel it in, I feel like I have to practice that kind of grace. Like it's my child because it, that person is a child, right? We're all somebody's child. And then another other thing that comes up a lot in mental health is that we have to remember that we're all just... Ram Dass says that we're all just here walking each other home, right? Uh -huh. So if we're all walking each other home along the way, we need to help each other. So if that person is expressing themselves and wants to be called they, them, whatever it is, we just have to say, okay, I will do my best to honor that for you. And, and again, maybe I, I need more education and, and I'm just hard-headed because when there was so much racial tension going on over the last year, when there was so much tension against gay rights, when there was so much tension against women's rights, you know, the one thing, you know, I had, I put a sign on my lawn that said, no justice, no peace. We are one people. And I firmly believe that. But when you start telling me you don't identify as human anymore, I'm like, dude, you know, it's, it's not science yet. They're not saying they don't identify as human. They're just saying they don't identify as what our traditional identity is. So, and I don't know, is our traditional Wouldn't identity that be human though? Wouldn't that no, be male, female? No, it's, I mean, who's to say that ours is right in the first place? Like, I don't know if we're right in the first place with that because there are studies that have said that we're not the same gender every time we come. So if you believe in, in reincarnation, reincarnation so right. back as different things, right? So then also my original form could be male and my current form is female, right? Now, mm -hmm. if I have a connection really strong to my original, because some people are so spiritual, they can actually feel that original. Uh -huh. And so if that's the case, then you might actually feel like a male in this world because you identify as a male in your soul. So you've come here as a female, but you remember being a male. So it could be that too. There's so many different aspects of it. And then there were studies that show that the brain itself, the brain function in people, that it will be a male functioning when is, they identify. Is, or, is, there, is there any point where even a, you know, a person in your position, you're just like, all right, dude, enough is enough. Let, let, let's put the brakes on it now because that... I feel like like when so much just coming down between woke culture, uh, cancel culture, non-binary, and, and all the labels and everything that's going on right now, you were already fighting for that peace and equality. But when you start throwing all these other things on the table, it almost seems like, look, we're already fighting an uphill battle. Let's win that one first. And then we start adding more to it. But every day, I just feel like it's changing. and It's putting people in bad positions. And, yeah. and, and then it's almost like, yeah, you take two steps forward, but then five steps back every time you change the rules again. I, I get that too, but I, I think the mental health part is the most important because every time we do that, so if we say we're going to take care of these three groups now, but we're not, mm -hmm. we're not taking care of you, you have to wait. So I don't think that's good for their mental health yeah, either. No. Then it's like, I'm, I'm left behind now and I, don't, right. I, I have feelings and I have emotions and I have, um, I have an identity that I want to express. So mm -hmm. you're saying I can't express it because you're going to make me wait. So I, I think that the mental health stuff comes forefront all the time. So we have to take care of everybody at the same time somehow because mm -hmm. it's not fair to leave. It, that's how we got in this situation in the first place, right? So in the beginning, it was gay rights, but we didn't include trans people. But trans people have been around forever too. It's not, it's not a new thing. So then trans people were getting hung and murdered and these things were going on because people didn't understand that. But right. that was probably because we didn't, allow for that to be part of the conversation. We were just, okay, we're gonna fight for gay men's rights. That was mm -hmm. really the first thing. And then, hey, there's lesbians too. And hey, there's transgender too. Right, it's gotta be all inclusive. Yeah. So when we, I think we did the disservice in the first place by being that way. And I mm -hmm. think if we would have in, in the beginning included everybody, then people wouldn't have had such a struggle. Because it's like anytime you make someone a minority or you make someone a they. So mm -hmm. I call it like, um, othering so when you make someone an other mm -hmm. so we're gonna say well we're a group so we're we're gay we're all gay guys but we're not trans they're over there they're, they're they have to take care of themselves they're others 
So yeah, those yeah. people now are others. So now it makes it easier for those people to become a target because now even even the people who are marginalized and fighting for it are saying, well, but they're not us. They're not with us. You know. Yeah. So that's not fair to those people. I think anytime you just like when you do it with minorities or I was um, just gonna say that because I'm Latino and Puerto Rican, but if somebody calls me Dominican, bro, whoa, 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 I'm not Dominican, bro. No, no, that's what I said. <laughs> also, at the same time, if I wanted to. Um, be if I wanted to be prejudiced against you, if I create a situation where now I'm saying, well, everyone lives like this, but mm -hmm. they don't because they're not like us. So now mm -hmm. you're an other. So when you're an other, you're in a smaller group. So it makes it so easy for everybody to just make you a target because, oh, mm -hmm. they're the others. Who cares? Yeah. Nobody cares about them. Yeah, man. It, it's it's a situation. And, and again, it's, it's part of that culture where it's good that we're having these conversations. I just feel like in the process of having these conversations, the rules are being changed by a younger generation who may not necessarily have the experience to be speaking yet. I mean, you on that soapbox for a little long time, but I'm all for it as long as at the end of the day, the result is that people are happy. Um, a lot, a lot has happened in the, in the last 10 years or so um, in, in the gay community. What now are the biggest rights that you're fighting for? You've achieved a lot. We've got gay marriage. I know they're still trying to, 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 to flip that one over, but, yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it doesn't happen. But what, what now, after all the accomplishments, are some of the the uh, the rights that that the gay community wants to continue fighting for now that haven't been discussed or, or touched? Well, we have to fight to keep those rights so they don't they don't overturn them. That's absolutely. The first thing. But the other thing is that there's still states where it's legal to fire somebody for being gay. It's still legal to discriminate against people for being gay. So mm -hmm. we have to fight that too because no one should lose their job because of that's that. Nice. If you lose your job, it should be because you're bad at your job or Mm -hmm. circumstances do but it should never be because oh well he's the gay one so we'll just fire him or we don't want gay people working here so secretly we'll just get rid of all of them we'll just okay so we want to we want to have protections put in place with that just like we did with females like women should have equality but they're still fighting for that too in many cases so mm -hmm. i don't think we're as far as we thought we were i think we, we came really far but we are not as we're not as woke as we think we are because okay. if there's still states that you can do these kinds of things and there's still states where trans people are being hung and murdered and nobody's doing anything about it. And there's mm -hmm. still states where like you can be stoned because you're gay and the kids picking on you. If these things are still happening, then we didn't really get as far as we think we did. And then also if they can even entertain the thought of, of overturning the marriage act and have some kind of legs with it, that doesn't really feel very comfortable to me either. So I don't know how, how far along are we really behind closed doors? I but don't the know. The threat is still there. Yeah. And behind closed doors are those things still being said that, you know, are people still using slurs when it comes to gay people? Are people still using slurs when it comes to racial situations too? I mean, you can't tell somebody how to think, but you damn well can tell somebody how they're allowed to behave in right. in society, right? So in your home, your home, you do whatever you want. But when you're at, jo at your job, we all work here and we're all going to follow these rules and we're going to be civilized people. And that's, you know, it's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, and no, I, I hear it. And, and I, I wish... I could say that I believe that I would see the day where everything goes right. I don't think we ever will. This country is so divided and people are just so hard headed and they're stuck in their ways and they're taught hate. Um, it's an ugly world we live in. And, and, and even, people who say, even people that say that they practice love all the time, I find that they're a little hypocritical too. Because mm -hmm. I know people that are, the people I think are the most loving and wonderful people. I've found that sometimes they slip up and I've seen them making targets out of somebody for a certain reason or, or a group is doing it and they'll just be in the group. And I'm like, well, see, now I lost respect for you because if you are telling me when we're talking one-on-one -on -one that you stand up for all these people, but then your little group of friends is picking on somebody and you're sitting there allowing it to happen and you're not standing up, then that bothers me because you should say, guys, if you're going to do this, I can't associate with you anymore because you're wrong. You don't know what that person is going through. You're, you're making fun of them, but maybe they have a disability. Maybe they are autistic. Maybe they have issues. So we shouldn't really be picking on this person as a group. It's like a mob mentality. And if you can't do, take yourself out of the mob, but then you're going to tell me that you go to church on Sunday and all this, but then no, I'm not buying that. Yeah, right, right. So so how, how are you still an eligible bachelor? I mean, before they start trying to, to, to overturn all the rights and stuff, you got you got to get you got to lock somebody down real quick, Tommy. I know. It's, I, really get, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know. I get close, but you know. <laughs> oh, close, but no cigar. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about entertainment. I, I I know that there's, you know, during the pandemic, there was a lot going on. Um, well, actually, not a lot going on. And, uh, you know, studios ended up holding on to, to their releases for at least a year. Television had a bit of a slow 
start again, off again, start. Um, but w- what have you been doing to keep yourself entertained? What, what, what do you like out there? Are you enjoying that programming is obviously having to put the pandemic and the impact of the pandemic in their show? Do you think it plays out creatively? Do you want to see things go back to normal? Were there things that you wanted to see that you're hoping that now that, that people are starting to get vaccinated and the world's starting to go back to a safer place that you can go out and enjoy those things again, something that you might've missed in 2020. What are you looking forward to in 2021? Well, I've been enjoying seeing my friends being able to go out and have live shows again. My okay. Especially because they were suffering the most during that. Oh. They relied on doing live shows. That's how they would get their bread and butter. And that's how they expressed themselves. And that's how they got their practice. And if they had a new song came out, that's how they would let people know there was a new song by mm-hmm. performing it. So I'm really happy that that started. And it's a little bit limited still, but little by little, it's getting to be again to the size that it used to be. So that's great. I'm seeing some people are getting away from doing live um, broadcasts. They're not really like, streaming as much because mm-hmm. they can actually do live shows here and there now so that's okay. been nice to see broadway should be opening up i think in october mm-hmm. so that'll be nice um younger tv on tv land finally came back because okay. they were <laughs> sold a little bit and so now uh it was on paramount streaming and now the next month in july it'll be on tv land on cable which is great so they're going to show that final season i'm sad that it's a final season mm-hmm. but it's a good season i've seen it all already because i watched it on paramount so but lucky you, at least they announced it's a final season. Again, I have, to me, television is, is just a bad relationship. You never know when it's like, you know what? We're breaking up. This isn't working out anymore. They just canceled Good Girls. I got, I got the notification earlier. Good Girls on NBC was canceled. I just started getting into that. I wanted to get into Manifest. Somebody sent me a thing, and I gave the synopsis. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. The day I went to go check it out on Netflix, they cut it off. Not on Netflix, but it got canceled. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this, man. No, it's. I don't like when they do that either because everybody should have a finale or a closing chapter. I think yeah. we needed that. So, I and then during the pandemic, I saw I was watching things that I had watched already just because. <laughs> just to revisit. Stuff. Yeah, I just revisit. I tell you the truth though, I must have watched Gilmore Girls like probably fifteen times, start to finish through the whole pandemic because I kept really? going to. Because I kept feeling like <laughs> conversations that they had were intelligent, at least conversations, and the writing was mm-hmm. so spot on that I would just keep it on and listen to it in the background while I was working on keep it on in the background while I was cooking or doing whatever. And it just turned out that I would run from the first episode to the last episode and then start all over again, the first episode. And I must, I think I watched it like 15 times now, probably. (laughs) Man, you know, I'm concerned, you know, you know me, I'm I'm a big movie guy and I haven't been to the movies in over a year. Now the good thing is I moved recently. So I I got a bigger TV and in the loft area now. So I'm like, I got a home theater. I don't need to go to movies, but now Movies are like, you know what? Forget streaming. We need to get people back into the AMCs. We need to get people back into the Regal Cinemas. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. And I'm fully vaccinated. I want to go see Fast and Furious. I want to go see Halloween. Shit, Stallone's got the Rocky Four Director's Cut coming out in November. I don't know if I want to go into a theater, though. I mean, do you still feel a little... Eh, no, I, I, really, I want to see Cruella in the theater. And so I was going to do it when I was in L.A., but... Um, mm. My friends were working and things so we didn't get to but if I, when i go back i do want to try if it's still playing in theater i want to see corella in the theaters okay because i feel like that's a good experience and have you seen in the heights not yet i, I oh the thing with me with movies is if my if my friends were all working and it's a long movie they're not going to be able to do it oh yeah, so yeah with, okay with the pandemic ending or not ending when the pandemic easing up a little bit they're mm-hmm. still working busy hours to make up for the fact that they lost so much during yeah. the pandemic so once the next couple hopefully the next couple of months they'll start freeing up a little bit and we'll be able to do that but i don't really i don't like love going to the movies by myself because i feel like the movie is an experience and it's meant yeah. to experience with other people so if it's i've seen like star wars movies by myself when nobody mm-hmm. wanted to go but that's because it's star wars but other thing that i like <laughs> well i want to see with specific friends because i think you have those friends that you know that a certain movie would be just great to see with so yeah, i have yeah. a friend that i really want to see corella with because i think he would just be great because he's a big fan of hers and he's a big fan mm-hmm. of that particular film so i wanted to see that with him and then like fast and furious is another group of friends i'd like to see that with okay you know so i i think it's also about that and make it especially now with the pandemic easing up a bit and you can actually eat out and stuff make it a night go out to eat sure, sure. yeah it's gonna be expensive but you know what it's a memory you'll have right yeah, yeah. I, I, I miss it, but I don't miss it. I mean, look, I didn't like people to begin with before the pandemic. So I was like, oh, perfect. I get to stay home. I don't have to be around people. Fuck it. I'm good. Yeah. I but, feel like memories are important now because during the pandemic, we weren't able to make many memories, right? What did we do? Yeah. We, and we that's... lost a, a year of our life. Gone. And so 
the first when I got to LA, the first thing that was happening was like every person that saw me is these big long hugs. I was like, this feels really good. Like, and people that weren't really huggers in the first place usually, I was surprised because yeah. I would, you know, there's those people you know they don't like to hug, so when you see them, you always just shake their hand, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I knew I know who these people are, so I put my hand out to shake their hand, and they would just pull me in for a hug, and I was like, that this feels really good. Like, I feel like we're more connected now than ever because of the separation that we had. Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, there, there's, I still like I said, I, I bought a house last August. I still haven't had anybody over except, you know, my parents and my sister and stuff like that. But like, I haven't had friends over. I haven't had a, like a housewarming. I haven't ha- I had a game night in the house or done anything. And I just, I miss that. I miss the camaraderie of getting people together, getting community. Luckily we've got some good neighbors, but we've been doing like barbecues in the street. We've been doing stuff for yeah. the kids out there. I get that. It's hard. I mean, I had my, um, during the pandemic, my barber was like, I'll come to your house and, cut your hair and, I, and it took me a while to say yes to that because I kept thinking do I really want to have anybody in my house right now but then my hair had gotten so crazy that I was like right right do it. so he did it and it was fine everything was fine I think also we were more worried about stuff than we needed to be in a lot of cases where mm-hmm. you can take precautions someone can come into your house and you can still be cautious and you could still but you can't have a group of people I don't think I don't know how you do like to have a whole bunch of people coming into my house my barber was one thing he was one person but having like 15 people come in I don't, I'm not even sure I'm ready to do that now yeah, I, I don't I don't think so, because, again, it's, I know what I've done to protect myself and my family over the last 18 months or so. Um, so everything's sanitized. Everything's good. But I don't know what a group of people are bringing into my house. I don't know what what they've got. Now, on you asked them, ask them to show their cards to you to prove that they're vaccinated, because I could just say I'm vaccinated. You don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, I'm not going to ask anybody to do that. I don't know who's carrying their card on them anyway. I want to frame mine and actually put mine up to remember 2020. <laughs> I, when I went to LA these past two times, I carried it with me because I was afraid that they were going to ask at the airport or something. I was like, nobody, but nobody asked, but I took it oh, with me. Don't? No, and I was oh. so surprised. I thought, but you know, the thing is they're making everybody wear masks anyway on the plane. So it's like, they don't really care if you're vaccinated or not. Just yeah. wear a mask and that's it. So uh, I don't know, but I still thought they would ask. I really thought somewhere down the line as I was traveling, someone was going to be like, Yo, you got to show your, your thing. And then when you go into stores, it still says if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you're mm. not vaccinated, you do. So who's checking? I feel weird when I walk in the store without the mask now and I'm vaccinated. And I'm like, somebody might ask me to put it on, right? So I always yeah. have one with me. I try to mm. always keep that with me just in case I need to wear it. I'm, I'm going to rock that mask at least two more years. I don't give a shit if it's a fashion statement. I, dude, I came this close to getting a, a Boba Fett helmet. I was just going to rock that. Like, listen, this is the world we live in now. I'm wearing a helmet to protect everybody around me. But I went to the gym for the first I haven't been, dude, I've gained so much fucking weight during this pandemic. It's been ridiculous. I put on like 20, 25 pounds. And I went to the gym for the first time. The local community gym here in, in, the, uh, in the complex, small place, but they got enough machines. There are three people in there. I'm like, I'm still going to wear my mask. You know how hard it is to work out with a mask up here? I'm pulling it down, trying to breathe. I'm getting the fumes from the shit that I sprayed on the machines. I don't know, man. It's 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 crazy because I'm 45 years old, and I feel like I'm re- – like it's kind of like when somebody has a stroke and they got to teach you how to walk and eat and talk again. I'm like, how do I get back to life? The plane know, is man. being on the plane with it is rough because – so when you're on the plane, you already feel claustrophobic to begin with. Yeah. They have that thing covering your face. Although I do feel like it's a good thing because I always find that when I fly, I do come back with like a sore throat or something normally. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was safer. But there's something going on in LA though where people were getting this bug while oh, I was last time. So you everybody, all my friends were like either coughing, sneezing, or had some kind of stomach thing when I was there this time. And I was like, please don't let me bring this home because I want to come back. <laughs> I don't need to be sick. So I, and I'm, so far I'm good, but it's what thank god it wasn't uh it wasn't coronavirus it was something else it was just like a mono normal. for that matter <laughs> like listen bring in the hug it was normal like sniffles and sneezes yeah. and whatever the heck was going on but you know right away you start thinking oh shit is this the variant that they're talking about <laughs> right right <laughs> oh getting, my god because they supposedly it is in uh, the united states now there's a variant that's going yeah on. yeah it's getting stronger too man it's crazy but you know and it's the funny thing because you're a single dude and my sister's single still and it's just like one of those it's like those 18 months or so, or even right now, the loss of intimacy, trying to meet somebody, trying to find somebody. If you do find somebody hooking up with somebody, it's like, I don't know. It's like, before you were worried about AIDS and STDs, like, shit, it's going to burn when I pee in the morning. And now it's just like, oh, shit, wait, there's other things to worry about. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. I found that it also was a little bit better in a way because I got to know certain people deeper by okay. not jumping into things right away so right. you had more conversations you had more facetimes mm-hmm. there was 
I found it went a little deeper conversational-wise. And then when it was over, I was able to, to hang out with them. That was cool. Okay. Well, it's still not over. It's never going to be over. I don't think we're ever going to be over, right? It's always going to be. Yeah. Some, I have a feeling we're going to be dealing with this in some way every year. I, I think, what, if anything, it converted people to become more germaphobes. Because, like, I don't go anywhere without sanitizer or my mask. And I'm just like, I guess Michael Jackson had it right. Not with the kids. I mean, with the mask. When he, Every time he went to China, yeah, yeah. he had it right there. But, you know. <laughs> well, I know in New York on the subway, I think everybody should have a mask on and everybody should yeah. have sanitizer with them anyway. Because the subway is so disgusting. I don't even oh know. Oh, my God, dude. When the, when the pandemic first broke out, that's the, that, that's the panic I had was New York is done. New York is going to be obliterated. Everybody's going to die because they cram everybody in into public transportation. They're all holding the same rails and the same poles. Breathing on each other. Yeah, dude, I'd rather eat the sewer rat than be on a subway. It's it's oh, dude, yeah, I don't know, man. Even now, I, I even though I, I have my vaccination, I will wear my mask if I'm gonna go on the subway, and I try not to go on the subway. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, yeah, man. Life life has really changed, and and I, I'm I'm glad that, that we're starting to kick out of it now, and that things are getting somewhat back to normal. I just hope that there's, you know, people made the pandemic and the mask wearing and the vaccination for that matter. Everybody made it a political statement as opposed to protecting each other and just saying, hey, let's just all get together as the human race so that we survive this thing. We, we can kick out of it. But um, yeah, man, like there's, there's so much going on in the world. You got a lot going on and, and you're, you're bouncing around. I don't want to say you're globetrotting just yet, but going from coast to coast, there's a lot going on, dude. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad that, that you're back out there. Cause when I, well, the minute I saw Tommy going back to LA, I said, well, shit, if Tommy's doing it, maybe I'll start to go to set up some shoes. Maybe I'll get out of the house a little more often. Cause you know, that was a good feeling. but I didn't like it. <laughs> When I came back this, the last time I came back to you and this time I came back and I was like back in New York and I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do the trip back. Oh, so you want to stay out there like one way ticket. Yeah, because I feel like when I get back to New York, it's so crazy. The minute you get off the plane, it's immediate stress. And that mm-hmm. what, no matter what airport you go here is, is horrible. But in LA, when I get there, once I get past LAX, if I'm in LAX, then I'm good. I'm fine. But here, mm-hmm. I don't know, somehow I just, I, maybe it's just me that I'm just over it. But I, I really feel like I want to do the stay out there and only come here to visit family and yeah. for like things and sporadically and not mm-hmm. not even as often as I do the other way around. So I don't think I would feel the need to be here as much as I feel the need to be there. So. Dude, like I said before, I'm 45 years old. In my 45 years, I have never stepped a toe into Los Angeles. And it's crazy because I'm such a movie junkie, such such an addict of cinema that they have a state dedicated to it with with this star's names written on the sidewalk where everybody where you can see them at Starbucks and it's just like how have you never been there how have you not made that place your home and I'm afraid that if I go I'll never come back yeah it's a little disappointing these days though because I feel like things changed a lot there okay. so it's not as uh glamorous as it was at one point and also knowing all this like inside stuff about Hollywood that we've seen on the news and things mm-hmm. you start to realize it's not as romanticized as you think it's, it's a business it's a hard mm-hmm. business it's a dirty business. But for me, there's also something else with LA is just the creativity part of it. So I crave, and there's certain people there that I just literally connect with so much that I want to be there for that. It's not, it isn't even so much the business anymore. Cause when I go there now, I, I see the business for what it really is. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people get destroyed by it. And I, I even posted something about that when I was there that we really need to change this because so many kids come to LA with this dream and not to be hard, sound horrible or anything, but they literally end up strung out because they are chewed up in this thing and they are given ultimatums and they're given bad advice and, and mm. they're, they're used and tricked and all these things are going. And then they're pretty much strung out on drugs or whatever because of it. So I've seen it happen a lot to people that I know or people that I ran into. And then you go back and you're like, wow, that person really didn't do anything. And they kind of got fooled by everybody and, and destroyed so I, I see it destroy more people than it lifts up and i really yeah. um, it bothers me because i feel like that's not really what my vision of that should have been the the thing that should have been is that you go there with your dream and you at least get to live it somewhat if you can't be a mega star and you're not going to have the big mansion you should be able to be waiting tables during the day or and working on a set at some point right right you should be able to do juggle these two things and it shouldn't be so horrible that somebody swoops in and goes oh look at this kid Mm-hmm. she's good looking or he's good looking um and he really wants this really bad so let me take advantage of that <laughs> you know, let, me, let me bring you into me and like now we're gonna 
I'm going to molest you and I'm going to do all these things to you. And you have to take well, it. Yeah, back. there's that too. That's but there's all these things that happen there. And, and I see it so often. And I think, and then I see the people in the street, like when you go to the Walk of Fame and mm-hmm. go to Star Wars, along where the stars are, there's just like homeless people laying homeless there. Yeah. I'm so young. And I think, did that, is this what happened? Did this person come with this dream and got here and got just completely destroyed? Because there's no way that mentally you can withstand all that and then be okay. It's, right, it's really right. hard to. Uh, I've talked to people too, like in the podcast, I've had some people on who got involved in sex trafficking and things like that because they were trying to get into something else, you know? So they go in, they go there with this thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm lured into this whole mess. And and you can judge it and be like, well, how can you be so stupid to do that? But then when you listen to the story, you're like, wait, hold on. I would have fallen for that too. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would have been the same thing because I, if I want something that badly and you're telling me you can give it to me, but all I have to do is this, I might do that. And then the next thing is, well, now you just have to do this and this. And you're like, okay, I'll do that too. And then it's this, this, and this. Yeah. You know? And that's this, this, this. And then something even more horrific. And you're like, right. well, I don't really want to do that. But now I'm stuck in this. What am I going to do? So, and then they're giving you the drugs. It's like so messed up. The whole thing is so messed up. Yeah. And then it poisons the mind because in your head, you're like, well, you know, not necessarily that they're forcing you. Obviously, they are forcing you. But once you get a taste of it, you start inching your way close to what, what, what your goal originally was. You're like, well, if, what if I make the effort? What if I make the initiative to go further, deeper, farther? to attain that and they're like yeah yeah you, you can do that but dang, there's nothing there at that no carrot at the end of the rope there no, but a um it's a lot of manipulation yeah man it, it, it's it's a dirty business and it's funny I, I love my father to death but but he, he never wanted me to do anything creative and i was never built for anything else you know my parents would always wanted me to, you know get 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 a, uh, a job with the city with benefits and a pension it's like that's not for me guy and um you know not that they, they well, fuck it. Yes, they did. So they told me, they like, look, you're never going to be Tarantino. You're never going to be Pacino. You're never going to be the, the top name of the thing. And I took that. I was like, oh, I still went and chased my dream. And I tasted and I've done things that other people could only dream of at a very young age. Um, I'm only doing this now because, you know, I had kids and I chose a different path. And I was like, look, you got to choose one or the other. I want to be there for my kids. But now when I watch a movie with my parents, I'm like, oh, it's not over yet. It's not over till the credits finish rolling. Like, well, why do you want to watch the credits? Like, because I could have had any one of those jobs. It didn't have to be the top name. But if I'm watching a Marvel movie and they got 3,000 names, I could have been the guy wrangling rope. I could have got, you know, Ryan Reynolds' his coffee. I could have done, I could have done anything. I could have driven the golf cart. You took that job away from me. I wanted that. And if I would have woke up every morning to do that, instead of doing whatever the fuck I'm doing now, and, and I just feel like a, there's not a lot of parental support out there these days. And and maybe that's that's what happens when these kids go to Hollywood with that dream, but they don't have that support and they're guided by the wrong people, end up in sex trafficking, end up in drugs, end up homeless on the street on Hollywood Boulevard because they didn't have the right guidance. Have, have you done any um, any uh, clubhouse or, 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 or speaking engagements regarding the support that a family should be giving their aspiring child? Well, we in the mental health rooms, yeah, that comes okay. up all the time because we have people that come in with kids or people that come because kids aren't there aren't really any kids on there, so mm-hmm. we don't have anybody that young. But I oh. have uh, sometimes on uh, TikTok, I'll have to have that because there's some kids on TikTok. Yeah, TikTok is another whole world that baffles me too, though, because it's so seedy as well. Mm-hmm. It, TikTok goes from like you can meet a really great person who's an actor or something like that and have a great conversation to you're wondering if the people that you're talking to are really just like sex traffickers themselves. Oh, yeah, that's a mess. Because it's very creepy and seedy and, and it gets creepy real quick. And mm-hmm. then there's a lot of people that don't have any bios and they have their fake photos look fake and yeah. they, they have no followers and they're just there and they're like talking to you and you're just like, I don't know, this sounds weird and I'm not going to fall for it. But then I think right. who, there are people that will fall for it because ego is a weird thing. Like if, you have, if you have an ego that needs to be fed, mm-hmm. and I don't mean in a bad way. I mean like um, if you're lacking in in confidence so therefore mm. your ego kind of is lacking that thing if somebody comes in and says oh my god you're so hot your eyes are beautiful i love you mm-hmm. marry me and all these crazy no, things. The damn, that's the- falling for all this shit right so uh-huh. once you start falling for the shit you don't know what the person is going to do next so i look at it like creepo creepo get the hell out of here you know but some mm-hmm. people fall for it and they 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 will invite that into their live broadcast because it's it feeds their ego more people tell me I look beautiful. The more people tell me I'm hot. The more people tell me I'm sexy. This is great for me, right? But who's telling you that? Look at right. who's saying. It. The people saying it to you are weirdos, wackos, no bios, 
they got they got stuff going mm-hmm. on themselves. So it's not as flattering as when you really peel the onion away. It's not as flattering as it seems. And I think a lot of young people might fall for that. You know. Yeah, I I see a lot of that going on right now because they're so they're so engaged with what they're doing that, that people think, Oh my God, I must be talented. Like it might be your looks. And you don't, like you said, you don't know who's on the other side of that, what their intentions are. And you know, I'm, I'm a inquisitive little shit. So I go into people's lives on purpose. I just you start doing background checks on social media. <laughs> I do, I thought, look, I'll go into like, if, if you were having a live, I'll go into you. I'll go into somebody else's. And I saw, I see the same people going into all of them saying the same exact thing. Uh, so this yeah, guy yeah. is going in and saying, you're beautiful. I love your hair. You're beautiful. You have gorgeous eyes. You're so hot, daddy. The, mm. all of the same stuff, same conversation. Constantly. And those are the people I think it's, it's not, something's not right there. It's not right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, again, you know, with, with, with parents guiding their children, I feel like parents are so disconnected from social media that they don't know what their kids are doing and saying, listen, if that's what you want to be, you want to be a star or you want to be an influencer or whatever this new generation is doing, you got to start thinking more of a business mentality. You're going, you're going in there thinking for the likes. Oh, they like me. They like me. Fuck that. You turn every viewer, every subscriber, every like into a dollar. Find a way to convert that. But then again, that's how you got OnlyFans. So I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. That's the, that's the problem, though, is that everybody wants to be a star. So people think they're going to become TikTok stars. And mm-hmm. then you look at the who are the TikTok stars, really. Okay, so you have a couple of people maybe that make money off of it. The mm-hmm. rest of the people are not going to tell you that they have a job. Yeah. Most A lot of people work a real job, and then they do the TikTok stuff on the side. And, and they're look, making it look like I make all my money on TikTok. And they really don't. So now the poor schmuck who's going on there to say, you know, I'm going to be a TikTok star. So the person who really believes they're going to be a TikTok star is going to end up pretty disappointed when it doesn't happen. And also turning too many of the fans into friends is another mistake I see people make because once I think I'm your friend, I don't have to do anything for you anymore. Right, exactly. I don't have to pay anymore either. I don't have to watch your stuff. You're my friend now. I'll just, I'll get you to do whatever. You'll dance for me because I tell you to dance for me. And that's Mm -hmm. that, you know? So I feel like that's another thing. You you start to become so desperate to be a star that you try to make every one of them as your friend because you need, them more than they need you. And you yeah, you've been pretty successful on social media. What do you think? You know, people obviously, like we said, people think with their talent or their looks mainly. Um, but what would you say is one of the most common things, one of those common assets that somebody could use that's not used often to become more impactful as an influencer, to get more followers, get more without having to sell your soul to do so. But you have to be yourself. I mean, it's so cheesy, but be authentic. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever speaks authentic, authentically to you, that's what you do. And you do not worry about the likes and the. If you're, if I'm making a video and I'm, I'm really thinking about how many, a lot of likes on this video, I'm going to do something that's not even me. Mm-hmm. And then most people are going to look at it and go, that's not, that's weird because it's not going to. I don't resonate with it, so I'm not going to be able to sell it. You can't sell something that's fake. And if you, if you are also selling yourself out for it. And that doesn't, it's just not going to resonate with you for a long, how long can you sustain that? Mm. You know, you, if you want to yeah. eventually be someone who's upstanding and do good things, you're not gonna be able to do it. If I'm doing like shaking my booty video in a pair of like little tight shorts, you know, that's yeah. not really. I lie. still watch. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it'll, it, I don't know if people will buy it. Number one, number two, if I want to have like kids one day and, and do all these things, I have to think. Right. About like, <laughs> how'd you meet mommy? Well, let me pull out that TikTok video. Hang on. <laughs> What about people that want to adopt kids? Like, you're going to adopt a kid, and all of a sudden this video shows up. Like, well, you can't adopt a child. Look at that. <laughs> like, well, man, you've got plenty of birthday cake in those tights. Okay, but. Uh, <laughs> you have to be, just stay true to your brand. First of all, you have to have a brand. So yeah. figure out who you are. Be authentic to that. That's your brand. That is mm-hmm. your brand. You're not creating. It's not rocket science. You're not. It's not like building Dr. Frankenstein's monster. You're not taking a piece of this piece of that. You're taking, who are you? This is who I am. This is my brand. And then just go from that. And people who resonate with you will follow you and people will look at your stuff. Yeah, man. I absolutely agree. It, it, it's, it's, um, it's a trap. And I don't think these kids right now, the ones that, that are so, oh, you know, this is my time. It's my generation. I'm like, you pretty fucking stupid because you're for, you're the suckers for this. And then you get well, depressed. Yeah, okay. and, oh, my God. The older people are doing it too now because older people want to be TikTok stars too. And it's like, um, yeah, you're right. a little a little washed yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't expect to be a star on tiktok there's no yeah. way because i'm not a kid i'm not a child uh-huh. but i have a presence there and so i use that for the same reason that i use anything else you know i'm not going to be a star because i'm not the i'm not a young kid but i know that i can have some kind of positive impact there so i'm just trying to have a positive impact wherever i go good man and i don't worry about news i don't worry about all that stuff Let, let's bring it to, to uh full circle um 
t- tell me, tell everybody where, where they can catch Prelude to Positivity, what you, who you've had on recently, who you plan on having on in the future, and again, where, where they can find it. Mm-hmm. So you can find it on uh, Spotify and iTunes and everywhere that there are podcasts that's Prelude to Positivity, or you can look me up as Tommy Jirasi and it should show up. Um, also, you can follow me as Tommy Jirasi on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Clubhouse and all of the places. And <laughs> in my bios and stuff. Um, so I've had on people from Supernatural, Mark Pellegrino, I've had Chad Michael Collins, who's the voice of Alex from Call of Duty, the video game. Uh, I've had spiritual leaders on there now too. And I've had um, mental health experts and mental health people who just are mental health advocates. And I call them mental health warriors because they really fight hard for mm-hmm. other people's mental health. And I plan to have, I just actually did a, um, one episode on this movie called When Today Ends. It's about mm-hmm. teenage issues like transgender kids whose families don't understand them and what it brings them to the brink of thinking about suicide and things like that. So it's, it's a rough movie to watch, but it's an important movie, I think. And I think parents should watch it with their kids because it'll make a conversation a little easier to have. You know, once you see that on the screen, you're like, okay, well, this is, is this happening in your school? And mm-hmm. you can go from there. So I had that was a nice episode. And then going forward, I'm going to go into season two pretty soon. And I'm going to start bringing back some of the people I already had on to catch up with them after. Now things are opening up. And I really want to get more into the spiritual. Like I said before, I had done uh, what's called an activation and integration yesterday before I left LA. So I found out that I'm a little part magician, which was interesting. Oh. I don't, I don't even think I'm a little part magician. I think I have a lot of magician in me is what she said. So... <laughs> I have uh, I have a lot of stuff studying to do and things to do on the spiritual end now because a lot of stuff came up and it brought up things that I need to let go of and it brought up things that I need to concentrate more on. So mm-hmm. I know a little bit more what I need to do. Now you say you're part magician. What, what kind of tricks can you do? That's what I need to find out. That you don't know it yet, but she says deep down aside, you've got I the... know that I am. I know I come from that space. So I okay. think have to figure that out i I already know i have that because i have really really strong intuition and things so i've it wasn't a shock to me okay it was was a really great experience i have to say it was very magical it was was inside and then Mm -hmm. when i was like did it get windy in here and she was like no the wind wasn't blowing but i literally felt wind the entire time that we were doing (laughs) i was like it's windy in here in my head but then when it was finished she was like how could the wind come in the windows aren't even open It was the ghost of like the great magicians, going. Oh, <laughs> Siegfried wow. and Roy. Just like <laughs> it was, and I was supposed to do it last time I was there, but I chickened out. Do what? So I was supposed to do this thing, the activation last time I was there, but I like at the last oh, minute. Okay, like, okay. Oh, I don't have time to do it, but I really just got scared. You just so then this time I said I'm doing it for sure before I leave, and I want to know what this is about. So Wait, when you say spiritual, are you talking like seance kind of thing with the candle, like Otome Brown and Ghost? No, it's it's more like. <laughs> okay. It's like a, it's a connection kind of thing where oh, it's not, right. it, it's um it's facilitated by someone else though because they they are the ones who are experienced at it but okay. it's just connecting to your source and to your soul and what you've been in the past lives and things like that so I've done yeah. past life regressions too those those are just oh right. yeah I'm I'm scared shit I, I don't know if I could do that <laughs> I don't know. they take care of you they make sure you don't see anything you're not supposed to see or they make sure you don't see a death. Really? My sister's done it a couple of times. She's like, oh, my God, you have something looking over you because you've fucked up so many times and this thing's protected. I was like, I'm good. I don't need to hear it. Just keep that angel on my shoulder. I don't want to know. Like, I won't mess with a Ouija board. I, I like I respect I the other side. I won't do that. But I do. I do want to know, though. I want to know all the things because I I do feel certain connections to certain people. And mm-hmm. I feel like we've already done. We've already either lived a life together or we were meant to do something in this life. So these okay. things kind of help you to figure that out. Yeah. See, what scares me is that I know I got a touch of something because I have premonitions. Mm-hmm. Like somebody will jump into my head and usually probably not even something that I even know. It could be a celebrity. It just jumps into my head. I'm like, why am I thinking about this guy and his movies? And two days later, that dude will die. I'm like, oh, not good. But yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> but no, I've, I, ever since I was a kid, I've always had in my dreams or I've had visions and then shit would happen. I was like, oh my God. I don't know how to control it. I don't think I want to know either. So it's just. I like I like to know as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that said, I want to do some magic and I'm going to wrap this up. But I want to thank you so much for joining me here on the Midnight Hustle, man. It's been too long. Um, are you still doing your podcast on gay TV? Or is that done? I have. 
doing some episodes with them, but I haven't done one in a while because I've been mostly concentrating on mine. And right. getting, I'll get a guest and I'm like, oh, this is a good guest. I can give it to them. And then I do it. And I'm like, oh, I like this a lot. I think I'm going to keep it for myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you got to do? You got to make the interview longer and only give them a portion of it. And, and then keep the, say, listen, if you want to see the, the, the director's cut, the full interview, you got to come over here to Prelude to Positivity. But hey, man, listen. Oh, shit. Look at that thing popping up. Uh, hey. Thank you so much for coming. And I know you got a lot going on and I want to keep up with you and everything that you're doing out in LA. And hopefully we can catch up in person and go conquer the world of entertainment to do something like that. But man, I'm so happy for you. Stay happy, stay spiritual, stay positive. God bless. And thank you for being here, Tommy. Love you, brother. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Midnight Hustle podcast. That's Tommy Jirasi. I am Derek Gordon. This is Midnight Hustle. Can you dig it? We're out of here. <laughs>